0: Episode 9: The Effects. This episode is brought to you by Legacy. You got to remember Legacy. It's going to be there longer than you. So, by now we've looked at how Luther's resistance sort of came about and how it took place and some of the things that were happening around Europe at the time that would allow it to have the impact and effect that it would. There were so many different factors that went into what happened, and Luther's involvement, although major, is only one element. In his later years, he would continue working, building his theology and and updating what the terms of the Reformation were. Everybody at this stage was, just like with every time, sort of stumbling blindly through it. I haven't really talked at all about things to do with Luther that are very important if you look at his life as a whole. Things like his anti-Semitism or his later role as a symbol of German nationalism. But neither of these topics really serve the story of his resistance, which is what I've tried to stick to but it is worth pointing out that there is a lot about Luther that we have not touched upon here. Some of the consequences of Lutheranism, what would build to become Lutheranism, were felt immediately in his lifetime. Clergy began to marry pretty shortly into all of this, starting in Wittenberg and and extending uh, across much of Northern Europe. The role of minister was now anyone's, so because Luther had given permission for individuals to be guided by their faith alone, people were able to interpret the Bible themselves. Oh, if you add to this, he also translated the Bible into a language that everybody spoke. So not only did he give permission and he he gave a a faith-based or a spiritual reasoning for people to read the Bible, he gave them a Bible that they could read. And this would have a massive impact for many things, not least uh, the rise of literacy across Europe. It would give people cause to become literate, which of course would, over the years, open many doors in the future for new discoveries, knowledge, and learning. Other informers were encouraged by Luther. The Reformed Church in Basel, which would later morph across the continent and indeed across the world came about when Ulrich Zwingli started uh, preaching for reform of the church in Basel in 1518 he would rail against things like corruption and rites and rituals like uh, lent and that kind of thing and this is uh much very similar although they would have vast differences this is similar to what Luther was talking against as well You'd also have people like John Calvin, a French refugee in Switzerland, who would start developing his own theology that would actually have as big an impact across the world as Luther's. The other thing that would happen is little offshoot grassroots interpretations would come about, like Anabaptism, and that would also grow from all of this. And Anabaptists actually gave Catholics and Protestants uh, something to work together against. It gave them a chance to stop glaring at each other so as to mutually focus on killing a whole lot of Anabaptists. The Anabaptist uprisings in Munster and Amsterdam in the 1530s, they are a testament to a world where the previous thousand years of understanding and structure had all suddenly come crashing down. Luther himself would actually detest the Anabaptists with as much, if not more, vigour than he was detested himself. It's worth pointing out there is a socio-economic argument as well for what Luther's resistance would lead to, and that is concentrated on the divide between the rich and poor, a feudal structure, the continent-wide discontent within this this social structure, and that all made an explosive mix that would eventually engulf the continent. And when Luther said that individuals could be their own ministers, that added to this mix. Remember, the temporal and spiritual power structures were entwined, so a crack in one was really a crack in both. The German Peasants' War in 1524-25 was an uprising against the largely Catholic aristocracy, and they responded to the uprising by slaughtering hundreds of thousands of people. The peasants were often supported in the uprising by a new and grassroots Protestant clergy, people who had become ministers, who were wandering around preaching Luther's and other Protestant ideas. Luther, while he spoke against the unjust treatment of peasants and of the peasant class, he did come from peasant class, remember, he would not ever commit himself to challenging temporal authority. In fact, he always maintained support for the emperor and for the princes and for the necessity of their authority. And he even argued that the Pope and the curia, the governing structure of the Vatican, that they were necessary authorities to an extent. Luther was most fortified by his theology, so that's where he did his fighting. He didn't fight on a social grounding or a political grounding. And that left many people to feel like they were floundering and abandoned by Luther in their real-world struggle against authority, a secular or a temporal authority, fighting for an individual freedom, the kind of which that Luther had been espousing. During the uprising, he would actually write a pamphlet, and it was entitled against the murderous, thieving hordes of peasants. So Luther lived through many of the consequences of his theses and his resistance. He continued railing against the Church to his very old age, and he became more and more emboldened and maybe bitter against the Church and the Pope and what he would say throughout it all. But he would eventually die. In 1546, in the town of Eisleben, where he was born, he was riddled with many ailments in the years and the time before his death, but he still had lived a life like no other had lived before him. For better or for worse, he'd done his thing, he'd followed his path, through various forms of resistance against his father, his mother, his his despair. And finally, against the greatest authority that Europe had ever known. He wouldn't feel the effects, the continuing effects of his resistance, but they would become what would shape our modern world. You had things like the sudden vacuum of knowledge, this fact that this understanding about how the world was and why it was. Remember, everything is caused by God. And that is reinforced by the infallibility of the church. But suddenly, the church is not infallible. So there's room for questioning. And that crack, that was just opened wider and wider across the years as the trends and forces and the fluctuations of of society would collide with massive characters who would be able to rise up and try and fill this vacuum of knowledge, widen that crack, to mix my metaphors, people like Descartes, Spinoza, the rationalists of the continent, or the empiricists of Britain. The 1600s would come about as a time where the world could start exploring itself. Trade and exploration opened up, and these philosophers that were trying to fill this void left by Luther's resistance, they would add ideas that would build the republics upon which much of our modern world is based eventually we would come into the 1700s a time of enlightenment with rulers like frederick the great of prussia and writers like voltaire of course war would hit europe because of luther's resistance and this came mainly in the form of the 30 years war between 1618 and 1648 Ostensibly, a war between Catholicism and Protestantism, it of course got mixed up in the whole political scheming, wheeling, dealing, and balance of power that was also Europe's lot, especially when the Catholic French came in on the side of the Protestants because they hated the Catholic Austrians more than they hated the Protestants. But the Thirty Years' War would be the biggest conflict to ever hit Europe, up until the First World War, of course. And this was a consequence of Luther. From the Enlightenment of the 1700s, the revolutions of the American Republic against their British overlords, or the French casting off the oldest, most ancient regime in Europe, bringing in a world of revolution and turmoil, and of course Napoleon, you can see how history, of course, it's structured and it builds upon itself. But what Luther did and what he said and how he acted during his life, he laid the groundwork for this. And that's why his resistance is so important. So the next time you're facing an establishment or an authority, no matter how great and powerful that establishment and authority may seem, remember that once you were the establishment and authority, once you were the all-powerful Pope, and Martin Luther had the gumption, the balls, and the temerity to stand up to you, the all-powerful Pope, and say something like, You are a crude ass, you ass-Pope, and an ass you will remain.